Welcome to the Chasing Thoughts podcast. Chasing Thoughts was founded by strangers, two life coaches who met on TikTok and shared the desire to create a different kind of life coaching podcast. Instead of talking about how to do it right, the Chasing Thoughts podcast explores embracing our true essence to find a deeper sense of purpose and fulfillment. Life coaches Keith and Mindy take a unique approach that transcends popular notions of perpetual happiness and striving relentlessly to become one's ideal self. Listen in as Mindy, Keith, and their guests take a deep dive into their own minds and souls to investigate the beauty of imperfection, challenge their beliefs, and embrace the richness of living a truly authentic life. Hi, my name is Keith, and I'm a strategic interventionist and stoner-spirited life coach. Hi, my name is Mindy, and I am an authenticity empowerment coach. Welcome to Chasing Thoughts. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. How you feeling? Uh, still with sore throat, so I might put a cough drop in my mouth while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Much better. So it was, all last week was really shifting. Not only physically was I sick, so I was down a lot, but I'm shifting a lot in my business and reassessing my direction. And so our discussion about identity today, when you said you wanted to talk about identity, I was really excited about that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's cool. That's happening. Yeah. So what is the exact sort of like questions that you want to answer today? Or what are what are we going to search for here? Um, so I it's it's funny that question is so perfect. So I just finished um some meditation and as I was doing it, this thought just sort of popped into my head that our identity is built from the outside in, in, in the day and age that we live in now. And I think the goal is to build it from the inside out, mm. you know, cause when, when it's from the outside in, it's being dictated to us by, you know, parents, teachers, whatever, religious beliefs, society at large. I mean, you can't, you can't go on social media or anything without some type of ad that's coming at you, telling you, why you need to buy this thing, why you need to get this thing, whatever it is, and why you're lacking because you don't have it. You know, so when we when we let our identity be built from the outside in, we we identify with that lack. So we live in a constant state of scarcity. Um instead of, you know, building it from the inside out where we can build it um and and I believe really nailing down that like that that idea of gratitude, you know, and living in that, in a constant state of gratitude, um, which I think is just incredibly powerful. Yeah. I love what you said. I, I made a couple notes. So I agree with you that it's very easy to fall into the habit of letting the world dictate your identity. That's the outside in. And I would say that in order to do the inside out, which is much more fulfilling and authentic and true and sustainable, you really need to have healthy boundaries, healthy habits, healthy routines, and a way to continue to check in with yourself as you evolve and check in with your inner compass so that you can operate in this world without being shooken up. Yes. Yes. That's, that's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when, when we do that, you know, like you said, the world shakes us up, you know, we, we have expectations. I'm going to do this and expect this result. And when that result doesn't come, you know, then, then all of a sudden we're, we're destroyed, you know, we're depressed, we're anxious, we're worried about future events that may or may not happen, you know, instead of sort of trusting that things are going to work out without an expectation, you know, so it's not our job to, uh, I don't even know how to say this the right way yet. It's not our job to, to build the design for how life should be. 
It's mm-hmm. our job to just be and allow life to unfold the way it does. Yes, but that requires letting go of control or the illusion of control, which as humans, we all love because we think if we can control our environment, that we're safe. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and when we, when we allow the outside to control us or, or yeah, to sort of dictate who we're going to be and how we're going to feel it's so easy to go to anger. One of the best ways to gain control is through anger. You know, if, if I walked into a room and started threatening people and started flipping out, I am, I am in control. Everybody is going to be looking my way. I am in control of that room, you know? So, I mean, anger is a way to, to claw at control. And it's funny. I even made a video about this, like where, the the more we try to control the outside world, the less control we have. And the more we control ourselves from the inside, the less control we need. You know, yes. and I, I think, and that's what it's all about. I was even, and this is where all this idea of, of identity kind of came from. So I did, um, I like to do a, a monthly to begin off the month. Um, uh, I take a, I call it a day trip, you know, but I just basically, spend some time with some mushrooms and, and, uh, we, it's been raining like crazy here. So I was kind of stuck inside and, and I decided to just do a a deep meditation while I was, I was on it. And, you know, even just my name, I identify I'm Keith, you know, and it's even so weird for me to say my name, you know, it's almost like that name is for everybody else to use, you know, but, that identity puts me in a box of everything from my past to, to how everybody else sees me and everything. And as I was, as I was kind of meditating on that, you know, this realization that if I just let go of, of that name of who I am, you know, um, I am key, you know, and that's where I, I end up, my existence becomes bigger than, than the box of me. You know, and and I believe that just that word am is one of the most powerful words in the English language. You know, it's it's a present tense active verb, but we always put an object on it. I am whatever, depressed. I am happy. I am grateful. I whatever, you know, and that object is going to be what controls. But if we stop with just I am, you know, that opens us up to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love so much of what you said first about the anger i had just watched the office episode where michael scott pretends that he has a gun in every single um like <laughs> stand up that they do right yeah the, yeah it's improv class, classes improv yeah. class, yes and so you made me laugh because you're right that is the way that he knew to take control of the situation right oh i'm going to be the biggest guy with the gun And that is the impulse. The more we control, oh, I'm going to change this person's thought. I'm going to make these people like me. I'm going to do this. It's all sort of a farce, right? It's not really happening. And the more that we control the inside, the more that it's real. And you also reminded me, I always have loved this quote or this idea that a bird doesn't trust the branch because it trusts its wings. So if you're sitting on a branch and you're fortifying the branch and you're making sure it's strong, you don't have to do that. You don't have to make sure that you keep your job, you keep your friends, you, without all this control you're trying to exert on the branch, if you know how to use your wings, you don't have to do that anymore. That's a, I've never heard that before. That, that is amazing. That just like blew my mind. I use that all the time to remind myself, no, I trust me. I trust my resilience. I trust my ability to do that, right? To come back to the inside because man, I am so good at fortifying that branch. I am an expert (laughs) at it. (laughs) And it's a lot of energy that I can't really control. Man, if if I ever really got to the point where I put that much energy into my wings and learning how to fly into me, the inside, that would be so powerful. And I think that's what we're working on, right? Yeah. 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 
that's I love that. That is that is gonna stay with me forever. It, it's it, just a, such a great like metaphor for like trusting yourself, no matter what comes in life, trusting yourself. And that's you know, and that's all all that we need, you know. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. I think sometimes what can get in the way for myself and I see this in clients is the judgment of right, wrong, good, bad, where I should be. Because if I have a belief or a story that says it's bad to get divorced, then I'm going to cling to my marriage when I should leave. Right. If I have a story that says I have to make six figures in order to be a good adult, then I'll cling to a job that's toxic to my soul. Yeah. And so I think you know, like you said, the, that I am letting go of all those old stories and shoulds and belief system has to be the first part of the process, because as long as we're bound by those, we're going to try to continue to control our lives by those standards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think identity is kind of thinking about like identity is the house I live in. And, and then my perception mm -hmm you know, that comes out or the windows that I, that I look out and see the world and it, it can be blinding, you know, um, you know, we always talk about like fear can make us freeze and stop us. But when we identify with that so much, it can also be blinding where we cannot see other avenues to take, you know, we cannot see, um, hope or joy or, or anything, you know, but, and it, but it's always with that, identity that brings us to a certain certain thing you know i and i've been struggling with this so much lately you know there's there's things going on like with um uh one of my kids that they're in a horrible position not even of their their own making um you know a car accident um failed back surgeries all kinds of stuff and and every avenue they take to try to save themselves financially doors are being shut and it's causing so much stress in me like tension headaches you know feeling tight heart palpitate like all kinds of stuff and it's because i'm identifying with that lack of instead of trusting that in some way something is going to happen you know in some way something is going to work out without my expectation of what that is, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I mean that, like when we identify with the, the, that fear, you know, it, it can blind us from any, any way to see anything else, any way to see any path or, or, or even just joy in everyday life, you know, moment to moment. Yeah. And I think it's important to acknowledge as we have in past episodes that Yes, bad things happen to people. Yes, people do get on hard times and hard times and hard times until they're homeless. And there's no magical thinking that's going to get you out of that. You're not, you can't think of a, a, a mansion and then, oh, in six months, you're going to be living in a mansion, <laughs> right? right? That's not what we're talking about. But we can say that identifying with abundance over lack is going to give you a better probability of overcoming your circumstances. So yeah. it's not, it's not magic, but it's certainly helpful. Right. Right. And that, I think that is so key. I I've seen that so many times. Like, I mean, people just talking about like, you know, I've tried gratitude. I've tried positivity. It doesn't work. Do doesn't work. You know, like I, I was positive about this and then this didn't come to pass. So we're positive about our expectations, you know, and when those expectations fail, which inevitably they always will you know, it, it proves the other side of the coin where none of this crap works. And it's, it's not about, it's not a genie, even, you know, prayer, you know, people use God as a genie, you know, um, and it's, it's not, it doesn't work like that, you know, right. I mean, and, but there is even biologically, there's things that happen in our brains that when we come at it from a place of, you know, grat not being happy that the bad is happening, you know, feeling those emotions and, and everything. But then, you know, when all said and done at the end of the night, you know, you're hanging out and the worry of the day is over, but, but in that moment, things are okay, you know, and feeling grateful for just that time 
you know, feeling grateful for that moment where just everything is, is all right. It puts your mind in a better place. And then it opens up more pathways to creativity. It takes us out of that survival mode where parts of our brain shut down, you know, the, the creative parts, uh, parts that deal with time, you know, all, all these different parts of our brains that shut down because we don't need them when we're trying to survive. You know, when we're running from a saber tooth tiger, you know, there, we're not going to be sitting there thinking of the future, you know, oh, what am I going to do for dinner tonight? You know, we're, we're just trying to live, yeah. you know, so be putting ourselves in that position, you know, in that other mindset opens up more creativity and allows our brain to, to, to function at its, at its highest capacity to hopefully see ways, you know, just to see more options that we can have. Yeah. I think it's true, even when it comes to goals. And I know I love reframing with my clients, like, you know, instead of thinking, well, I have a sedate lifestyle, but I'd like to start exercising more, right? Going, okay, I'm a person who exercises every day. Like that tiny shift of identity is huge. Because if I start to identify as a person who exercises every day, I start to exercise every day, even if it's just walking around the block. If I start to exercise, I eat, I'm a person that eats healthy all the time versus I'm trying to make better healthy choices, right? Like when you actually, there's a, a small shift. My favorite one that I think is really powerful um, that helped me after my accident is instead of thinking I'm a sick person, right? Like or I'm a broken person thinking I'm a healthy person experiencing sickness right now. Huge shift. Yes. Because a yeah. healthy person experiencing sickness, that just means it's this tiny part of me versus being all sick. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, even like with what you said, I am, I am a person that exercises. I am a healthy person, you know, and, and I think that's the danger of sort of like the healing um, culture. Like we can begin to identify with healing where healing is what we are, you know, what we become, where we always are healing, you know, so we never become healed because we, I am healing, you know? So at what point does our identity shift from somebody that is healing to somebody that is healed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, I would say if I was working with someone on that, maybe even a reframe on the language, you know, to say something like, I am whole or I am complete. Because those things are already true, healed or healing. Yeah. Right. There might be something else to step into. And sometimes with clients, I work on this, like, what's the word that feels genuine for you that you can step into right now? And then we'll shift that identity up another vibration, another, you know, vibration. Yeah. Slowly you'll become that next version of your identity that you want to be. I think another yeah. important thing is, you know, a lot of times when people come to me or I hear people say, I just don't know who I am anymore, like the loss of identity. And I think this happens as we go through changes in life. And I think it's important to note that you can never really lose who you are, right? It can get covered up, yep. but you're always there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I, um, I was just working on some stuff because that's big um, with, with veterans. Mm. Um, all, all of the research that, that I've read on veteran reintegration, you know, coming home from the military, um, it all quotes this one um woman named Ann Demir. She's a public, I believe a public health researcher out of the University of San Diego. And in one of her papers, she wrote that the purpose of basic training is to strip um, the recruit of the civilian identity and to build up the military identity. Um, in, in another paper, it was talking about how, you know, when, when you leave, there's, there's a loss of the military culture, a loss of identity and a loss, loss of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we're in this, we're in this identity of, of the military, but we're in the civilian world, you know, and they spend months training that military identity up. And then when you, when you leave, it's like a week, you know, and then you're back home where you once were 
everything is this, you know, could be the same. You can recognize everything, but there's something. I remember driving with my father when I got home and, and driving around all these places that I knew intimately and feeling something off, feeling like something was different and I couldn't tell what, and, and the difference was me, yes. you know? Um, so, so that, that, yeah, that loss of identity or that, that cover up of identity, you know, it can be a major, major issue that, that keeps us stuck. Yeah. And I think there's some wisdom to be taken from what you said about how the boot camp is like making you into military identity, because that's kind of what we're talking about with client goals or life goals too, saying, I'm a parent now. I'm an executive now. I'm a person who works out every day. Whatever it is you're stepping into or stepping out of, right? I know my son is 20, so he just left the house a couple years ago. And I am still in the process of changing my identity from yeah. full-time mom to whatever. I don't know what that looks like, right? On the other side quite yet. And it's a huge transition for me but I'm taking it with intention, right? And I, that's yeah. the difference I think is recognizing it, doing the work to grieve for this old identity, which I also think we don't talk about enough is the grief for parts of yourself that have died or are no longer part of you. And then accepting the new parts of you that can be scary and unknown. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you said that the grieving of the old parts, you know, when I was working on the veteran stuff, you know, when I, when I started to see that it, it there needs to be an identity change, you know, and if, and if the military is not going to do it, we have to do it ourselves, you know? Um, but the thought of dropping that part of who I am almost like made me sick. Like, no, no, even to the point of like, I will deal with the depression. I will deal with, you know, um, identifying with PTSD. I will deal with all that because this is, you know, because that was such a proud part of my life, you know? Um, and I'm not even talking about the, like the hoorah rah type stuff. You know, I'm just talking about like, when I think about that, you know, I was in shape. I would, the, you know, I was fluid in my movements. You, you know what I mean? Like I felt amazing. I felt like I can, I could just take over the world if I wanted to, you know, and, and I, I feel like with that change that like, I have to drop that. So, so there is that grieving process, you know, this is who I was, but there's also a joy in knowing that what I'm going to become next, there's going to be greatness in that as well. You yes. know? Um, and I, and I think that when we get stuck in one of those old sort of identities that we have you know and we and we cling to hold on to it it makes us weaker and weaker but when we like accept let go and surrender to the new to the new identity that we are going to become you know there's a strength in that and that and the intention that's how that's the surrendering that intention with it yes beautifully said and i would 100 percent agree that the power comes from alignment so yes. If you're still acting like an old identity that you used to have, you're not going to be as powerful. You have to grieve for it, let it go, align. And then all of a sudden, all that power you felt back there with that identity will now be in this identity. And the quicker yes. you do that, the less overall suffering. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause you don't lose that part. I mean, that part is still part of my past. And I think that another, like an important part of identity is there's layers. You know, yes. there's a deep layer of who I am that's through genetic memory, through, you know, passed down from, from parents and stuff. We can take the good, we can get rid of the bad, you know, I mean, a lot easier said than done, but then, then we have the identities that's, that's more sort of surface level, you know, um, you know, we have the time I'm a student then we have a time, you know, I'm a worker, um, I'm retired, um, you know, I'm a child, I'm a parent, I'm a grandparent, you know, so we have the more fluid parts of identity also that, that we can get stuck in, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I would say that you're right. There's sort of like genetic or 
you know, my ancestor stories that are playing out through my family, that sort of thing, stories and thoughts, beliefs, cultural systems. And then there's sort of the roles I play through life. And then I would say there's even like a third stage, which is like habits, how I show yeah. up every morning, right? Am I the person that presses the snooze button five times and drags myself out of bed? Or am I the person that wakes up with my alarm clock and those miniature sort of identities feed the one above it? They all feed each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Cause you, you can, you can get into like, you know, like going back to the exercise example, you know um, you know, I don't like exercise. Like I'm not an exercise person. I'm not a gym, whatever it is, you know, and that, that, that sort of like higher level, more service level is, is going to end up creeping down. The more you say that the habitual thought patterns, the habitual language that we use is going to seep down, like sort of like, you know, with all the rain that we had, everybody has water in their basement now, you know, and, and cause the water always finds a way in. Um, and it's what it's, it's going to seep down into the core, into the foundation of who we are and change. So, you know, as an example, when, like, when I had, when I was in the military, when I got out, you know, I felt that way. And then over 20 years, I convinced myself I was the biggest loser on the planet, you know, and all through the habitual language and thought patterns of I'm a bitch, I'm, I'm worthless, I'm a bum, you know, because that became you know, my identity, how I saw myself. And then that sort of leaked down into the foundation of who I was until it became the, the, the totality of who I was. Yes. I was on a guest on a podcast last week. And at the end they said, you know, what's the one single thing that people can do to change their lives today? And I said, be aware of your self-talk. Yes, because that is huge. And everybody discounts it like, oh, it's just my inner monologue, whatever. It's just my thoughts. Yeah, I beat up myself. No, you can change that. And that is the single most powerful thing that you can do, because like you said, that will leak into every other area of your life. So yeah. getting control of that is so important. If you are thinking about making a change in your life. That is like the first thing you've got to get control of is what you're telling yourself about yourself. Yeah. And, and, and people identify with their thoughts, yes. you know? So whatever thought comes through their mind, it's like, that's, that's apparently what I am, you know, but it's, it's, we're, we're above like scientists still don't know where consciousness resides. They don't know what it is, you know? Yeah. So there's, there's, and, and since we're the observer of our thoughts, then inherently we're not our thoughts, you know, we're the observer of them. So there's something else up here. That's why I love the mind and hate the squishy parts, you know, of the brain yeah. um, in, in the mind is where our consciousness is. It's where the universe of our existence, all the power, our, our divinity is there. And, and the more we allow that to happen, the more our consciousness becomes quieted, you know, becomes a little voice stuck in the back closet of our, of our brains. And, and we just continue to identify with our thoughts, you know, but our, our brains are designed to be negative. Negativity is amazing. It, it helped us survive as a species for thousands of years, you know, so now it's, it's in our brains. It's a part of who we are to, to look for threats, but we live in a day and age where, the threats aren't like they they once were. I mean, we were a prey species. Now we're not. We're the apex species of the planet. You know, so it's it's time now, especially in this day and age. And I think that there's this sort of sort of uh, like a spiritual awakening that that goes going on, and it's 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 the perfect time for it. Now we have that ability where we don't have to worry so much about the threats and we can reconnect with our consciousness. And, and that's where we're going to be. Our next evolution is going to come from, you know, yes. I, I, I firmly believe that. Yes, I would agree with that. And I think that as a world and a culture, we're sort of at this point where our thoughts, maybe they even know that they're losing control, right? And everybody is like believing their thoughts, believing their thoughts. And it's like the last big like war before the break happens and the identity shift changes where we know we're not our thoughts. Yes. So I think 
you know, for people listening, like if you're, you know, struggling with identity, it's, you know, your self-talk and realizing you're not your thoughts. Those are like the two places to start. And like, I love like the spiritual practice of being a, a watcher for the day and you go, yeah. oh, look there I'm thinking about having my water oh look there I'm not drinking my water again even though I thought about it and I know I should oh look yep. here I am. just spending time observing yourself without judgment and it's incredible how much information you can get <laughs> you think you would know yourself since you're with yourself all day but you actually don't when you really take the time to observe your thoughts then like you said you go huh I can actually be a choice about what I'm thinking here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I stopped being mad when, when people put me down or say things about me or, or whatever, because there is not a person out there that can be a bigger asshole to me than I can be to myself. And it's those thoughts. It's not the consciousness. The consciousness is always, always kind. It's always understanding, you know, um, but it's the thoughts that judge the ego that that keeps just nailing me and nailing me and trying to convince me that I'm nothing. And and the cool thing is, is when when that's going on, your brain is working exactly the way it's supposed to. Yeah. It's supposed to be negative. Even neuroscience, they say like our brains are Velcro for um for negativity and Teflon for positivity, it just slides right off, you know? Um and whenever I work with somebody and, and they're dealing with a lot of, a lot of that negative self-talk and I'm like, that is the best thing because that means your brain is working exactly the way it's, they're like, what do you, what do you know? There's something wrong with me. There's something broken in my brain. That's like, no, 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 no. This is what you're designed to do. And when we let our minds go free range, like our chicken McNuggets, you know, like it's, that's the way it's going to go, you know? So it's, seeing that, understanding that, and knowing that, no, no, just because I, I didn't reach my goals or because, you know, I distracted myself and didn't exercise today or whatever it is, you know, it's not a failure. It just is. But going back to that judging good or bad, that's where we get messed up. You know, when we put that bad meaning on something, yes. uh, I believe it was Sadhguru talk, talked about, um, uh, the story of Adam and Eve in the Bible, you know, and, and what is the original sin? And he said to him, the worst sin in all of, all of humanity was, was when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was the first time that in human history, we were able to judge an experience as good or bad. Because prior to that, I mean, everything was perfect. They were in paradise. So everything was good. Now they have that knowledge of good and evil or good and bad. And so now we can say, this is bad. You know, I, I didn't do this. I didn't hit my goal. That's bad. I'm a piece of crap, you know, and then it's just a domino effect. Yeah. And then you let that go on long enough. That's what you become. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have told on this podcast before the story of the farmer and the horse where his horse runs away and all of the villagers say, oh, that's so unfortunate. You lost your horse. And he goes, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, right? And then the horse comes back and it goes, the story goes back and forth between these judgments of good or bad. And every time the farmer's like, I don't know if it's good or bad. All I know is this is what's happening. And when I am able to take that position in my life, things are so much easier. Yes. When I said, oh, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that I lost that client. All I know is that I had this many clients yesterday and I have this many today. Yeah. It's going to see what happens next. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like funny too. It's like I'm on my TikTok because it just happened again this morning. I don't know what the deal is. You know, I'm trying to get to that thousand so I can start doing lives or whatever. And yesterday I was at 687. And then I woke up today and I was at 653. And like two weeks ago, I was like at 683. And then I, I woke up the next day and I was at, at 640. You know, so every every couple of days, I, I lose and gain like 40 followers, you know. And when it first happened, I was like, oh my, oh my God, what, what happened? You know, so I judge it as bad. And then, of course, my self-talk was like, 
well, people don't resonate with you. What you have to say is ridiculous. You're dumb. You're stupid. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough credentials, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then I think for like a week, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to quit. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go like work at like stop and shop, you know, and just stock <laughs> shelves at night, you know, life sucks, you know, all this stuff. And, and then it turns out, it's, I don't know, it's just some weird glitch. So it, it was real. But if I took that, like that example, like who knows whether it's good or bad, who knows, you know, it would have saved me from all this unnecessary torment that I put myself through. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so smart. So what I have written down for like, identity is, you know, control your self-talk, be aware of it. Don't identify with your thoughts, release the good, bad judgment. And then the next part that you just talked about, I don't know what the right words for it are, but it's like, stay in the game, like give your feelings and thoughts some space. You know, the other night I was feeling really anxious and, you know, I have driving issues from my PTSD, from my accident. And I was in this big uproar. My husband's like, you know what? Just stop thinking about this and we'll talk about it tomorrow. And sure enough, tomorrow, it felt different talking about it, right? And so this idea of like not quitting, right? You have all these thoughts and yeah. feelings that are like, you suck, quit. Maybe you can get a hold of them. Maybe you can't in the moment, but you stay in the game until you're clear. So that means you keep posting and you keep doing what you know is right until you gain clarity, but you don't let your thoughts and feelings push you around and make you quit something that is, you don't know for real, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like persevering through those times of emotional turmoil. Until you can get back to that identity piece until you go, okay, ooh, I'm back in myself. I'm in touch with my identity. I can make a real choice from consciousness. Yes. Then you make a choice again. But man, when I think about how many times my thoughts and feelings have told me to quit something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the time. And like you said, that's what the brain is designed to do. Danger ahead. Stop. Retreat. Yeah. And And that's what, yeah, it's a good thing because it's trying to protect you. You know, our brains, like the whole pain versus pleasure principle, like to move away from pain and towards pleasure and walking into the unknown with all that worry, all that, like, is this, you know, am, am I okay? Am I good enough? All that. I mean, that that's painful. So it's more pleasurable in a way to sit and literally be nothing than it is to take those chances to, yeah. to push our own sort of personal boundaries out further and further. Mm hmm yeah. And I would also say that, you know, your identity can be curbed by thinking you're a piece of shit, which we've talked about. And it's also curbed on the other side by how great you think you can be or how yes. conceited or full of yourself or whatever judgment you have on this side. And, and those are the boundaries, which with all of us, say we're allowed to live in this identity of Mindy or of Keith, right? And we put yep. these sort of barriers on who we're going to be when the truth is I am, there are no barriers. I am yes. all of it. I am the biggest failure and I am the hugest success at the same time and equally, right? Yep. So uh, I'm, I'm starting to get fired up now. So, all right. Um, th there was this documentary on infinity um, and 99% of it was so far over my head, but it's still just like, I, I was just dialed into it. And in some equations, infinity, infinity can come out to equal zero and it's the right answer. So infinity is everything and nothing at the same time. You know, I like, and I think I, I probably talked about this before because I, I use this a lot, but they they don't know where the center of the universe is. And then what they realize is the center of the universe is is from, from the point of the observer. So I am the center of the universe since I am the observer of it. At the same time, across the country, you are the center of the universe. 
you know, but, at, and at the same time, we're nothing. We're this little speck of life that is here for just like, like a second compared to the, the, the totality of, of time. And at, you know, so we're nothing, but at the same time, we are the center of the universe. You know, um, our small point of consciousness is connected with the greater consciousness of everything. You know, so it's it's just a, it's such an amazing thing. And to me, it, it is freeing that I can be nothing and everything all at the same time. It's like that weird paradox that is just, I don't know, gives, gives, brings so much life into me. Yeah. And I think understanding those paradoxes as a human is important, right? Because it's the same if I can be terrified and courageous in the same moment. Yeah right? I can be angry and loving in the same moment. And for some reason, our minds want to think that we can only be one thing at a time, but we can't, we can be a lot of things. And embracing that as part of our identity, I think is really helpful because it just, it, it's more choices. It's more paths that are open. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the one one thing that I, I I've gotten down, I haven't been able to do this with anxiety yet. Um, I'm looking forward to that day. But with with uh, depression, I can get depressed, and once I become aware of, oh, this is what's going on, you know, like there's there's usually like a day where I'm like, why am I feeling like this? You know, where my focus and my language is always is going right to that, which then my mind gives me more of, you know, but. When I once I realize and be and have the awareness of what this is, I'm depressed, but I'm happy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm I'm more lethargic. I'm I'm kind of walking around and everything, but I'm like, it's so cool to be depressed, man, to be alive. You know what I mean? And it's the ah. weirdest thing, you know. And I feel bad because when I say it to someone that's dealing with depression that doesn't see that, they're mm-hmm. like screw you dude like what whatever like it's not the if you're happy you're not the like no i i feel down you know i feel low but i feel good you know still at the same time because your identity is not the depression you are yes. a non-depressed person experiencing depression yes and i and i know i mean because every time i've gone into it it, it changes you know, now when all my focus and all my language, you know, went straight to that, when my identity was, I am depressed, you know, it would stay for months, you know, um, and then even coming out of it, like I would like barely come out of it, you know, maybe like reach the, the floor of our emotional, you know, sort of, um, um, like roller coaster that we have, but then I would go right back into it, you know, and then as I, as my identity began to change, like when I come out of it, like, I mean, it goes high now, you know what I mean? And then even the lows are not as bad. So it's almost like reverse the whole spectrum of, of everything. Yeah. I've also found that the more that I know myself and my, the nuances of my story, the more that I can watch things come and go. So I can be in the space of the watcher and go, oh, look, here's my abandonment wound coming up and making me feel really clingy. Okay. I can let that be and let that play out or even knowledge about the physical body for anxiety. Oh, look, my nervous system is really dysregulated right now. And it's making me, that's making my heart race and it's making me feel warm. That's making me feel really anxious. Like, okay. Right. But the more I know about me and my body and my feelings and my history, the more that I can stay within my identity of the watcher or consciousness with awareness of what's playing out inside of me. Yes. Yeah. And that, that, that awareness, and I think it's another key to identity is, uh-oh, uh, it, it's like, it's trying to leave my brain. I'm trying to hold on to it. Um, <laughs> Oh man, I hate that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it like it like there's so many things going on in my brain right now. Like, cause I'm I I am loving this conversation that like it just went, but but yeah, I mean everything everything passes, 
you know, like um, I, I heard this example. It's like if you took a baby that was crying and just sat it in the, in the middle of the floor someplace, you know, and didn't comfort it, just just let it cry. Eventually, he, the baby's going to stop crying, you know, because our nervous system always needs it always changes, you know. Um, and they also use the example like, you know, we all want balance want that straight line. But if you go to the hospital and you hook my brain up, you know, if you see a straight line, that's a problem. You know, that means I'm just flat, I'm dead. You know, you want to see the ups and downs, the 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 highs and the lows, you know. Um, oh yeah, came back. All right. So um thinking that we know everything, like we I, th I think just as human beings, we have a problem with saying, I don't know. Mm. You know, so to be able to take those lows. And ask, you know, when you start to ask yourself, like, I hate feeling like this. Why am I feeling like this? I don't want to feel, I don't know. Yeah. But I just do. And that's it. It's just a feeling, mm -hmm. you know, and then sometimes, and then plus that relaxation helps again, take us out of that survival mode where we can then become aware of, oh, you know what? My chest is a, so tight. Why am I holding my, you know, why am I trapped so tight? Like, why am my eyes like, so strained right now, you know, because all my muscles are tense and you, and so it opens up understanding that we don't know opens up that, that pathway to awareness, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we've done a great job talking about sort of the, the first half of like knowing how to separate from your thoughts and go into the, I don't know space. I'd love to talk about when you have an identity you want to step into, how you actually step into that. Because I know with myself and with my clients, there's often this like buffer of resistance where you know who you want to be and you might even know the habits, routines, thoughts that that person has. But actually doing it like stepping into it, picking up that life you want and making it yours is the hardest part for people. And we talked about it a little bit with like changing your identity with working out. If you're a person that works out or you're a person who's, I'm the kind of person that wakes up, I'm happy every morning, right? What are you stepping into? And how can you do that authentically and really pick up who you want to be and the life you want to have? That is such an amazing question. Cause I, I think there's, it's such a, it's a tight rope that we have to walk. Cause we can so easily slip into like that, like the whole episode we did on the fake it till you make it. Yes. You know, it's so e like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just gonna, you know, cause like one of the things I always heard, we'll just step into that person, do what they would do. But, but the thing is, it's thinking the way that person would think, you know, instead of like, okay, I am, I am depressed. I'm a failure. Okay. But I, I want to, I, I want my business to be successful. So I'm just going to, I'm going to do the things I got to do, but my mind is still over here that I'm a failure and this is not going to work and blah, blah, blah. Right. So it's, it's taking on that mindset and then not only thinking the way, but having the emotional response. I mean, cause again, we, we allow the outside to control our internal emotional state, but there are our emotions. You know, this is my hand and I'm able to do what I can pick up the pen because I'm telling myself to do it. I can get angry or I used to be able to get angry just like that. Like I was a mat, like, you know, people say you have an anger problem. No, I had an anger mastery, you know? So it's, I think it's vitally important to practice the emotions that we also want to feel, build those up and then stepping into those emotions, using them, you know, um, what are the emotions that that this person that you want to become are is going to and then have the think as they will and then also feel as they will because the coolest thing is our minds don't know the difference between a memory or a thought um and when it's coupled with a with a with an emotional response it doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality you know, so we can step into that thing, think the way that person will feel the way they they do. And our brain is like, okay, this is who I am. 
Yes. And then we get right back to that word am. I am boom. So it, it's but it's that fine line of not faking it, you know, till you make it, but being. Yes. You know, allowing our our being to be fluid that we can move into that other other and and it's going to take practice. It is not yes. going to be a uh, I'm going to do it once and like all of a sudden like you know, I'm this successful business person. I'm changing lives and no, it's going to take practice. Yes. I love that you said walking a tightrope, because to me, when I imagine myself on a tightrope, right, that I have to be fully aligned to be balanced. And yes. that's what we said before is that your power comes from your alignment, thoughts, feelings, actions, beliefs, all that stuff being aligned. So when you want to step into something new, you have to take all of those pieces and it's going to be a little wiggly at first, right? Like you said, it's going to take some practice, but that's where you can use the tools like of gratitude, right? So for example, this morning I woke up grumpy, achy, didn't feel good mentally, emotionally, physically made myself get on the treadmill. I was like, I'm just going to walk slow. And I put on, I have this Spotify soundtrack that is um, like Ray Lewis affirmations that I just love that guy and like all positive lyrics, music. And I just listened to it and slowly through moving my body and listening to different things and thinking about like how all the things I was grateful for. After 20 minutes, when I got off the treadmill, I felt drastically different. Yes. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about, right? Is it's like, okay, what baby choice can I make to align my thoughts, my actions? And then naturally everything will start to align and follow that because the actions that I took today in my business changed because of that first action that I took to step onto the treadmill, to listen to positive lyrics, right? All of those things aligned. And I think that's where coaching can help is helping somebody use the tools of gratitude, daydreaming, right? Um, I'm a big one for like flashcards. I have a little deck of flashcards that I make myself to remind myself, oh, that's right. I belong. I'm a powerful creator, right? And yeah. I know some people think that's funny, but it's not funny when you're really believing it, right? Yes. Then, it, then it really works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, when I was having, um, just a, like a lot of the stress with some stuff that happens, like I was hearing this stuff about, um, just movement, you know, and, and I saw a video and this lady was like, just, just dance. Yep. doesn't matter if you can't. And I'm like, no, it's dumb. I, I can't dance. And I started thinking to myself, I'm in my house. No one can see me. It's just me judging myself as being dumb, you know? And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. And I, it was like, if anybody saw me, it was the most horrific thing. People probably thought I was having like a seizure or something, you know, um, but all the tension started coming out of my shoulders because I was moving the muscles, you know, like one of the things with walking that tightrope, you know, especially when they, when they have, you have that bar, you know, that, that it's like, that thing is freaking heavy, you know, and you need to move and then, and then you're, you're going to sway and then you move the bar and it moves you back. And then you, you know, like being fluid. I think one of the things like sort of like, uh, you know, an unconscious lesson that we're all taught is rigidity, you know, yeah. wake up, go to work, come home, family time, go to bed, wake up, go to work, you know, but even like I started taking fish oil, it's like, you know, vitamins and, and stuff. You know, because one of the things it does is it makes the 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 our the the wall of our cells more fluid, more flexible. You know, one of the things with psilocybin, it makes the brain cells more flexible. You know, more fluid. You know, and and it always reminded me like when I was growing up, Saturday mornings were um, wrestling, Three Stooges, and then uh, Kung Fu theater. You know, so it would be like these old, like where the lip syncing, like never added, like matched up. And there was always the ones that I loved were, were um, like Jackie Chan did, I think one like the drunken punch or something like that, you know, but like, he would just be like stumbling around, never falling. And, and like, or if he did fall, he'd go into a roll. So being fluid is, is so important where you can lose your balance. You can stumble 
and still just roll into it using that momentum to roll into something amazing you know um yeah being like fluidity is is i think every time i spend time with like the plant medicine fluidity becomes sort of this huge like billboard for me you know um and, and just how rigid i am you know i mean even thinking about rigor mortis when you die you stiffen you yep. know it's like so we want to be able to move you know and and society our society puts us in when we start school, you know, sitting in the chair, certain position that we go right through all the way up through college into the workforce where we're sitting in that chair, you know, conformed to the shape that society would have for us. Yeah. Yeah. There has been a lot of research recently about somatic exercises and, you know, shaking or, and how much that body movement can help. And they're actually saying that toddlers who stomp their feet and throw a tantrum had it right that yes. that sort of body movement can help release energy and i know i use that if i get an email that pisses me off i'll get up and stomp my feet and you know let it out and then it, it it's amazing how effective that is as a tool again if someone told me and i thought about it intellectually i'd be like i'm not doing that no but when right. I actually do it, I'm like, whoa, this shit works. <laughs> yeah. And and you can even think about it like too, like, all right, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a tough guy. I'm not going to stomp my feet and, you know, but think about like boxers in the ring, you know, before the fight, you know, they're bouncing, they're bouncing, they're moving, you know, because the, there's all that nervous energy, the upcoming fight and everything. So they're, they, they keep doing that. I mean, just bounce, you know, just, just but move. That's, that's what we evolved to do. We evolved to move, you know, and, and we've just become this cog in a machine, you know, but we have to move. Movement is, is, is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last thing that I really want to touch on, and it's perfect because you were talking about being fluid and you talked before about your plant medicine one day a month, sort of check-ins with yourself. And my experience is that my identity is sort of happening without, without my thoughts or feelings, right? Like Mindy is becoming, and I need to find a way to check in and find out what is Mindy becoming? What does Mindy want to do next? What's being born through Mindy? Like, I almost don't even know my own fluidity. And so for me, I can start to notice, I start to feel disconnected, overwhelmed or underwhelmed, right? More anxiety, more depression, disconnected, not grounded. And I'll go, oh, I need, I haven't done a compass check in a while. And then I'll need to spend a day and I too use mushrooms or weed or something, journaling, drawing, sketching, listening to music, but a couple of hours where I'm finding out where am I Mm. and what, what am I doing next? And I don't know how people live a life without doing some sort of compass checking, inner check ritual. Yeah, I I always had trouble with that. Like, cause I like, you know, the tough guy side of me would be like, what do you mean? Where am I? Like, how am I feeling? Like, I'm, I'm right here. You, you know what I mean? Like that, but when I, when I do, so I, I, I do the Joe Dispenza meditations and as he goes through, he does like this weird thing. Like, I don't completely understand it. All I know is it like makes my mind feel like millions of like little, like, like, you, I don't know, like just massages, just like everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a great feeling, like little needles, just like, I don't, it's just, I don't know. I can't even describe it, but so he'll say like, can you, you know, focus on, on your, your head in space and the volume of space that it fills up. So anyways, he goes through and then he has you visualize yourself as you are um, with the feelings that, and, and, and the thoughts and the behaviors that, that you want to get rid of. And then he has you move into what do you want to become, you know? And, and so you visualize that part and then you also have gratitude for that happening. And, and he talks about how gratitude is, is an emotion of receiving, you know, we're thankful for a view, a conversation, 
an experience, a gift, whatever. So when we live in that state of gratitude, we we live in a vibration of receiving, you know. Um, and and for me, that's become that compass check, yeah. you know. So when I visualize that part, you know, am am I there? And I like, nope. I I started coming back over here. I started re-identifying with the fears, with the the stress, with the you know disorders, all this stuff. So now, all right. I got to come back. I got to release. I got to let that stuff go, accept it for what it just, it's just a feeling. It's just a thought. It's just a thing. That's it. It's not good or bad unless I choose it to be good or bad, you know? And then I start to feel that gratitude again, you know, for that thing. So that's become like sort of my compass check. Uh, but now at this point, I'm like, yeah, you're hundred percent right. Like, I mean, you have to do it. If not, it'll be dictated to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this is foul language, but somebody once said to me, look, you've got to make life your bitch or life is going to make you her bitch. And I was <laughs> all, oh crap, like that is vivid, but you're, you're right. And at the times the person said that to me, I was living a life that I was bent over taking it from life, man. And there's some truth to that. Like yeah. grab the reins of your life and you control it or it happens to you. Those are the two ways to experience life, right? And and it's it's always no matter how much we believe it is it or isn't, it's always our our choice of what we're going to define, what we're going to identify as. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I think we covered some good ground today. Is there anything else you want to add? This I, I this was awesome. Like I did not expect like the the way it goes the way or the way the whole thing went um it just felt like it got deeper and deeper and deeper as we went along this was pretty cool yeah and there's definitely some good nuggets so I'll write them up and put them in the notes because I think that there's some real good tools and ideas for anybody who's struggling with their identity yeah which I think is is such a a common thing these days yes you know, because I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, for society, it's it's about control, mm-hmm. you know, so the more they can force us to identify as one thing or another, the more control they have over us, yes. you know, um, so the more that we're able to identify as just I am, you know, the more freedom it allows us, yes. you know, like I always say, like, I, I'm a optimistic nihilist. So I don't think anything matters. And I think that's a beautiful thing because now it's up to me to choose what matters to me, to choose what my beliefs are, my values, my identity is. Yes. Yeah. And I would argue that that happens in every moment of every day. Yes. That we like to think about it as this big, like, oh, I did this work up on the mountain and I came up with my identity and now I have it. And it's like, no, it's- yeah. When I want to say something rude to my husband and instead I take a deep breath and I say something nice, it's when I want to eat chocolate cake and instead I have raisins. It's when, right, like over and over and over again in every choice I make, that's where it comes out. I think that is, through this whole conversation, that is the biggest takeaway is that it is a moment by moment, second by second choice. It is not something that's done once. And then boom, we're done. You know, yes. it, it is it is a constant thing. And the more we practice it, the more fluid it becomes where it doesn't feel like it's as much work. You know, um, I, I used to like, if my wife messed up, if Sandy like messed up, whatever, you know, forgot something for dinner, like I would be flipping out. Like, how could you do this? You're so thoughtless. You know, the other day I was... Uh, enjoying some of my, my other plant medicine. <laughs> um, and I got a text, you know, cause she hates the smell of cannabis. Right. And I got, and I got a text. I got to go to the store. I forgot we we're having pasta. I forgot sauce. And I'm like, what do you No, Don't go to the store. You know, like it's, it's all right. So what, you know, we'll have something else or whatever, you know, or I'll, I'll run out and grab a pizza or something. You know I mean? There's millions of options besides getting angry. So when I, when I would let that dictate to me, how I'm feeling, I would flip. You know, and now that I'm, and it's such an easy thing to do now, you know, it's so awesome. It's such a great feeling. 
And it's amazing too, how much it means to her still to this day, where it's been like five years since I've really flipped out where she's like, I'm just so grateful for all the work, you know, yeah. all the work that you've done. I mean, because she doesn't have to live under that stress anymore herself. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the nerd in me wants to say like, and that's where you're like a wizard in those moments, because you literally created your life, your relationship. Right. And I think that's when you recognize that power, that's where it can become more of a fun game. My example this morning was I have this women's group I'm going to tomorrow. I wasn't sure of where the address was and the driving. So I thought, oh, I'll just carpool with one of the other gals. And then my brain's like, nobody wants to carpool with you. You're going to be a burden. If you text somebody, they're going to be like, I don't really even know this girl. She's new. Why is she texting? And then in the moment I was like, time out. Is that the reality that I want to create right now? Because if I don't do this text, that's what I'm creating. That's my magic wand is creating yes. this reality, whether it's real or not, it's real here. Yes. If I choose in this moment to text her and say, Hey, can we carpool? Then I'm creating something totally different. And I did right. And I opened up a path that had never been opened before. That's magic. Yes. What else do you call that? <laughs> yeah. All right. One of, one of my favorite little facts, like, I mean, cause that's why I found like all my peace, like in, in, in nature, learning about it and studying it, you know, and, um, I was reading a book and it was talking about there's scientists estimate there's 10 or one to the 80th power of atoms in the universe. And I, I might've said this before, but and that makes up everything that's in existence from me to you, everything in between to the farthest stars in the, in the galaxy or in the, in the, in the, in the universe, in our brain, there's one to the millionth power of possible neural connections that, that can be made. So I, I try to print that out to see visually what that, what that meant. And, and 80 zeros on a piece of paper was like a line and a half. And I got in trouble at, at work because I printed out, try to print out a million zeros and, and, a, and the copier ran out of toner. It was, it was literally like a full ream of paper that it took. And that's the power in our head. So whether you believe in the universe, you believe in God, whatever, if, if you know, if you, if, if you believe in God, God created us or, or gave us more power of, our, of creation in our own brains than he allowed himself to create this universe, you know, and, and for the universe, like we have more power in our mind than there is in the entire universe. Like we are magical beings if we choose to identify that way. Yes. Yes. I think that's what we'll call this episode. Identify as a magical being. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Chasing Thoughts podcast. Please support us by liking, subscribing, or leaving a review or comment. We would really appreciate it. If you'd like to be a guest, we would love to explore life and what it means to be human with you. Please email us at chasingthoughtspodcast at gmail.com.